Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tonight on Huckabee, Fox and Friends co-host Brian Kilmeade. Auntie Ann Byler cooks up a Thanksgiving favorite. Magic and laughs with Dana Daniels. Legendary singer and actor Pat Boone. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's... Welcome, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to all. You know, we are going to be celebrating Thanksgiving this coming week. And even with Joe Biden in the White House wandering around like last year's turkey, and Kamala Harris cackling like this year's turkey, there's still a lot to be thankful for, even though almost none of it originates in Washington, D.C. I'm grateful that it's already deer season in Arkansas, as well as in many parts of the country. And before it's over, I hope to fill my freezer yet again this year with delicious, healthy, lean, and organic venison. Now, I've got friends, and even a few grafted-in family members, who just aren't all that pumped about eating Bambi's daddy. I have some people in the audience not that happy about it. But when they do that, I just sing the lyrics to Circle of Life and remind them that if they really are into healthy protein that is as organic as the acorns off the oak trees, then venison is the meat of choice. I use it in my world-famous deer meat chili, for example. World-famous, you ask? Well, they probably don't know about it in Beijing, Tehran, and North Korea. But why would I share my chili recipe with the communist Chinese who have done little to share with us other than the Wuhan virus? And I sure wouldn't give it to the Ayatollah in Iran. I mean, heck, Joe's given them billions already, and they're turning around and making Christmas rockets for Hamas and Hezbollah. And sadly, folks in North Korea, they're reduced to eating grass clippings and tree bark. They wouldn't know a good bowl of deer chili from a bowl of cow droppings. So, yeah, they wouldn't. So maybe my deer meat chili isn't famous everywhere, but in my world... It's famous, and that makes it world-famous chili. And by the way, good venison can make wonderful tacos, spaghetti, meatloaf, summer sausage, and of course, chicken fried deer steak, which cooked in my big black iron skillet will make you jump up and break dance on the kitchen table. Yeah. So I'm grateful for deer season. I'm also grateful that duck season is going to start this weekend in Arkansas. And did I mention that Arkansas is the duck hunting capital of the world? 
And yes, I actually do mean the entire world as people fly from as far away as Europe to experience the sacred sight of thousands of mallards coming in for a landing across the Arkansas prairie and throughout the Delta in an area that is comprised of the white Arkansas and Mississippi rivers, along with the food source of the most productive rice fields in the United States, all located in eastern Arkansas. I often say that the first day in heaven is going to be a flooded timber duck hunt. It is. I'm not sure what we do after that, but God wants us to get off to a great start. And it's obvious we're going to kick things off with our heavenly versions of a 12-gauge Benelli semi-automatic shotgun and bust ducks for the first night's dinner in glory. That's what we're going to do, folks. I know. Hey, it may not be in the Bible, but it's, it's a waiting for us. I just feel it. Now, of course, there are some other things to be thankful for, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Although if we don't do much better in the coming elections, we might not have any of those things left. And then we'll be hunting all right just to feed our families, not simply to supplement our groceries and to enjoy the outdoors. Well, I'm obviously thankful for my family, a wife of almost 50 years, three grown children who all turned out pretty good, and seven absolutely adorable grandchildren. I'm thankful for good health. Well, except for the aches and pains that my doctor dismisses as an issue of age. I hate it when he says that. I'm looking for a new doctor, by the way, so maybe he won't tell me that. And I'm also thankful for a wonderful church family where I hear strong biblical messages, enjoy edifying relationships with fellow pilgrims in the process of life, and who fellowship with those who genuinely bear one another's burdens. So as we prepare for Thanksgiving, and I start preparing not one, but two turkeys for the masses who will descend upon my house Thanksgiving Day, I will not be focusing on the odorous politics of Washington, but rather the magnificent aroma of both smoked and fried turkey cornbread dressing, pecan pie, and gallons of iced tea. And folks, I'm still glad to be an American. (laughs) Brian Kilmeade has been one of the co-anchors of Fox & Friends in the Morning, the flagship show on the Fox News Channel. He's been there since his debut in 1996. Now, in addition to his host duties with Fox and Friends, you may know he also hosts a three-hour-per-day syndicated radio show, a weekend show on the Fox News Channel, and he sits in from time to time on other Fox shows. Nobody I know in the media world is busier than Brian Kilmeade. He's also the author of numerous books, and the latest book tells the fascinating connection between Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington. Welcome back to the show, Brian Kilmeade. Now, Brian, if you want to, you can come to my house for turkey. It's fine. I would love to. Uh, It sounds like we're going to have so many people we won't even realize you've added to the uh, table. So just come on. Well, I'm going to bring all these people with us. Is that okay? (laughs) You know what? I'll just put some more uh, some more turkey in the smoker, and yeah, come on right. down. We'll do it. 
I just love the fact that you talk about that and you can picture that you don't shop for turkey, you can shoot your turkey. Absolutely. In New York, we don't really think like that. We, yeah, you don't. Right. There's that's, a lot of things in New York you don't think right about. Right. You know, I just that's, want that's you to true. know. Right. That's a messed up place. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I never remember it quite like this. And you used to go back and forth all the time. Yeah. You had a show every week and you were yeah. contributing all week. Uh, there's a lot of people in the city, but nobody's working. I mean, you, there's a ton of, we have an extra 115,000 people here from other countries who we are giving three meals a day, a mini menu. We're doing their laundry in their sh sheets and they still are angry. It's not good enough. You know, it, I think it would be perfectly fine to round them up and say, where would you like to go? Absolutely. Name the country. We'll send you. Hey, Governor, it's crazy. That, that's how I feel, too, about people that are here and have a huge problem with this country. I always say to them, okay, do me a favor. Travel. Yeah. If you find some other place better, stay. Yeah. They don't. Because they know on our worst day, we're better than any country on their best. And the thing that people misinterpret on the outside is we do what we, our parents told us never to do. We argue in front of company. Yeah. And the people go, what's going on with America? Well, that's what we do. Yeah. We argue. But we always do it to the point to make the country better. What bothers me most of late, I think people think they're better than the country. Ooh. And that bothers me because I know that's not true. That's a good assessment. And I think you're spot on. You know, a lot of celebrities always say that if an election doesn't turn out like they want, they're going to leave. This week, Barbara Streisand, in an interview, said right. that if Donald Trump gets elected as president right. again, she's going to leave the country and flee to England. And I was going to vote for Trump anyway, but boy, am I ever going right. to now go campaign for him because if, if that's the result. But these people never leave. They just say that. They never leave. They still stay. It's true. By the, uh, by the way, Barbara Streisand wrote a biography. She's a wonderful talent, accomplished a lot in her life. But nobody's biography should be 1,200 pages. I mean, does anybody have, does, any, does anyone have the guts to say, Barbara, we could cut out yeah. every day your daily planner. 1,200 pages. Ulysses S. Grant was got under 800. I think we could work that out. He won a war and was president twice. Yeah, you, you do think maybe there's a little vanity going on I in 1,200 so. pages of an autobiography? Right. Okay, well, speaking of books, you got this one right now, Teddy and Booker T. This is a fascinating story, and I, I've got to be quite candid and tell you, I had no idea of this relationship. It's what makes this book so fascinating is because most of us have never heard this story right. of the relationship between Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. You know, I noticed, because I do have a chance to travel, and most of the Fox audience is not from New York and California, I noticed people love to hear stories about the country. Yeah. And I believe that the David McCulloughs of the world, the John Meachams, these are great historians. I'm not in their class. Well, what if I can give you a slice of life that tells you accurately two extraordinary Americans who made the country better and how they worked together and how unlikely their success was? I know you're thinking that's like the last one, the President of Freedom Fighter, Lincoln yeah. and Frederick Douglass. But as before I read that, I read Up From Slavery. So anybody who says the odds are stacked against you, I can't really make it in this world, I just don't have the parents, I don't have the height, I don't have the width, whatever it is. If you're nine years old and you remember being called to the central house on a plantation and the Union soldiers saying you're free and never having shoes in your life or pants to speak of, sleeping on the floor, the same meal every day, with a thirst to get an education but didn't have one, that guy ends up being Booker T. Washington mm. on pure drive. He would not be denied. He had to have an education. He had to make something of himself. But when he got there, he didn't say, I'm going to get rich and famous, which he was. 
he would take all the money and put it to a university to change the lives of African-Americans, of black individuals in America, and give them an education at Tuskegee, give them the fundamentals of being American, and do something that I am so jealous. They all learned to trade. You could not graduate unless you could have a trade, whether it's construction, being a blacksmith, an iron worker, whatever it was. You mean they didn't get a gender studies major at Tuskegee back in those days? In the paperback, I will talk about the gender <laughs> study program in 1901. Yeah. Don't think so. Uh, probably no. not. But, but here's a guy who loved the country. You're born a slave. You love the country. And I also was, was educated to this, is when you're a slave, you get to pick your last name. Mm. Do you know what the most popular last name was Washington? Why? because they wanted, they love Washington. We try to take his statue down in 2023, but a, a group of people who were born a slave and Washington had slaves. That was a something of his time. I'm never gonna make an excuse for it. And neither would he. But they still said, I wanna be like him. Hmm. See, I think that's the part of American history. Kids today aren't ever hearing this. They're not hearing this story. And, right. and I'm fascinated with the fact that Teddy Roosevelt from one of the richest families, one of the most influential families in all of the United States, ends up having a friendship with a former slave. And I know you have such a perspective on this because he had two officers in his family. His mother's brothers were officers in the Confederacy. So he understood the Civil War uh, because he was born, he was six when it ended. So he heard it from their perspective and they yeah. helped him write the definitive book on the War of 1812 because they were naval officers. Mm. So he knew his mom's perspective, his dad's from the North. His mom said to a father, I don't want you fighting against my family. Mm. And one of the big regrets from mm. Teddy Roosevelt's dad was that he didn't fight in the war. That's why he wanted to be a rough rider so much. But the main reason why I think this analogy works is because you could have money, you could have wealth, you could have fame, but if you don't have your health, you have nothing. Mm. And this guy had asthma. He had problems with his uh, digestive system. We think it's cholera of the intestines. He had no friends, couldn't go to school, rarely left the house. Sounds like he, my life. Right. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, <laughs> he was about 80 pounds. Huh. And he had a situation where his parents could just stare at him and they hoped that Teddy, who didn't think would survive childhood, would get his breath back. There was no legitimate way to handle asthma. He eventually would grow out of it. His dad would buy him weights. He says, son, you built up your mind, but not your body. Build up your body. He lived every day, in my humble opinion, like he wouldn't have tomorrow. Hmm. And that's why he packed so much into 60. And when he read an, a preview copy of Up From Slavery, which I read, and that's the only thing I have in common with Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> he said to his wife, Edith, you got to read this. She read it. He goes, we have to meet this guy. He's vice president of the United States. And he, he chronicles his push from the salt mines at 11 to school to working as a housekeeper for a woman that took such an interest in him because they saw his industriousness. Then he learned to clean. He learned to hold himself, lost, lost his accent. He heard about Hampton College 400 miles away. Know what it was? That way. That's how he headed. He walked with $12. Wow. He ends up getting into Hampton College, becoming their best student, their best professor, and when they called General Armstrong a hero, and that he was running, uh, he was running Hampton. They said, "I need to start Tuskegee in Alabama." He said, "Who do you have?" Because I got this 24-year-old black teacher. He said, "I need a white guy." He goes, "I'm giving you Booker T. Washington. You'll never regret it." He walked over. There was a shed with a leaky roof. He needed within 10 days to get students, get a curriculum, and get started, or he loses the grant money that the Alabama state gave it to him in order to get the black vote to win the governor's election. So he sat there, he going out, knocking on doors, got 30 people, most of which were older than him. He started with the school. 
He ended up with 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 acres. And white people in the area who grew up hearing that they were superior to black people saw this, this fantastic, enterprising school with these wonderful students, and they began to change their opinion. Mm. And then Tuskegee would not only help out the community, they would donate bricks and wagons to the area, and they became such an asset. And he changed the perception of a country, not by having marches and protests, not by defiling things and wrecking things. He said, watch me change a generation. Mm. And if you don't like me because of the color of my skin, it's okay. I don't hate you. But if you like me, I'll work with you and hopefully you'll watch us work together and change your perception. He had this one uh, story, and I know you're up against a break. I can see it in your eyes. But <laughs> You've hosted TV yes, too long. I have this one story you'll love. <laughs> so there's this controversy when they go to the White House and they invite a black man to the White House for dinner because Teddy Roosevelt wanted an advisor and it was Booker T. Washington. Not a black man, a white yeah. man, just a smart man. And he said, why don't you come and have dinner with my family? And it was controversial back then in certain sections of the country. And it was a scandal. And then afterwards, he's waiting by a train. And this white man goes up to him and says, you're Booker T. Washington? He goes, yeah. He said, uh, you're the greatest man in the country. He goes, no, I'm not. I goes, Teddy Roosevelt's the greatest man. And he said, I used to think so until he invited you over for dinner. Wow. Now what think a about story. this. He thought he was complimenting him. Yeah. He said, I realized at that moment, I have to let sleeping dogs lie. I don't hate him. I'm going to move on. There's certain things I can't fix, but I'll fix other things which I can. And he did a lot of it. We're, we're going to keep you around. You're not leaving yet. Really? Oh, no. Okay. We got a whole nother... Because I saw security here. I didn't know if I was going to be taken away. You will be, but not until we do the second segment. We are actually going to continue our conversation with Brian Kilmeade right after the break. We're going to be talking more about this phenomenal book and this incredible story. So you can't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We will be right back. Still to come, the very famous Auntie Anne shows Mike how to make the perfect pumpkin pie. And legendary singer Pat Boone is here tonight on Huckabee. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on X. And welcome back, everybody. We are visiting with Brian Kilmeade, the uh, host from the very beginning of Fox and Friends every morning, but the author of this book, Teddy and Booker T. And boy, is it a story. I'm, I'm just riveted by this relationship of these two guys. It's the prince and the pauper. It's, it's the ultimate kind of uh, Felix and Oscar, if there ever was, you know, an odd couple. But Teddy Roosevelt, to his credit, did not see Booker T. Washington as a black man. He saw him as a great man, a man of great intellect and leadership. And in that time, you know, think about this, 100 years ago, that would not have been all that easy. What I tried to do, and just stay with me on this, remember the Rocky movies? Of course. So the Rocky one movies, the good Rocky movies, Rocky 1 to Rocky 2, Rocky 2 starts with the last scene from Rocky 1. Yeah. Rocky 3 starts with the last scene from Rocky 2. So how do you pick up Douglas and Lincoln? So what I found amazing, it just knocked out of the park, I said, I got to do this is that how do you link the two? Well, he's six years old and Lincoln gets assassinated. Hmm. And his grandfather has an apartment overlooking Broadway. And his grandfather says, get Teddy, 
get the family. We have to witness this moment because Lincoln's body is going to come down Broadway. And they found the picture of six-year-old Teddy Roosevelt looking at Lincoln's body coming across. Now, wow. think, keep in mind, these two men would end up on the side of Mount Rushmore. Uh. And Frederick Douglass was somebody that spoke at Tuskegee, that he wasn't a fictional character. He was a real character to Booker T. Washington and a true inspiration. So they had to turn over the mantle, sadly, because of an assassin's bullet, number yeah. one. And number two, Frederick Douglass needed somebody, you know, to take over. But it wasn't going to be an anointing. It was going to be an earning. And Booker T. Washington was ready to take it. He learned so much about this other slave who escaped to freedom as a fugitive, became well-known abolitionist, and laid the groundwork for the Civil War. He picks it up after. You know, I'm looking over the total history of the United States. There's some ugly chapters of our history. We all understand Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But there have also been some beautiful chapters. This is one of them, of this relationship and the things that have progressed for people of color. But now it seems like we're going backwards again, Brian, and people are judging people by the color of their skin rather than by the content of their heart. What's going on? But I believe the people in this room and almost everybody you know doesn't. I yeah. believe there's some people who believe the best way to get headlines or keep America divided or, dare I say, earn money is to point out things that maybe uh, portions of our country that need to be updated, need to uh, be modernized, have people maybe remove the last vestiges of prejudice, and they make that the story. But I think that people should have a perspective of how, how far we've come and what the rest of the world was doing. And a couple of things have happened. When I see a San Francisco 49er quarterback take a knee, yeah. when I see a women's national soccer team take a knee for our national anthem, I say, how dare you? Yeah. I, 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 we had a guy in the South, of form a historically black college in the South, Go ahead and put up with racism and segregation and said, I'm going to change you by my actions. We are a country, the most successful multicultural country in the history of the world. Because we're not perfect in front of the world, you take an E and embarrass us and embarrass your, your predecessors that work so hard to change perceptions of each other by actions, not by protests. What a great reminder and a great reason to read the book and to love Brian Kilmeade all at the same time. If you want to order Brian's compelling story about Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington, and if you want to connect with him on social media and more, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we have all the connections. You can listen to his radio show, watch him on Fox and Friends, watch him on the weekends on Fox. Honestly, if you just turn something on, a radio, a television, okay, this he'll show gone, up. This gone south. He'll be up there. <laughs> He's everywhere. The ubiquitous Brian Kilmeade. Well, not so ubiquitous is Keith Bilbrey. But he is going to tell us what we have coming up on the rest of the show, and he's going to do it right now. Well, don't look now, but we've got a legend in the building. Pat Boone is with us after the break. Don't you dare go away. It is safe to say that everyone in the entire world knows tonight's musical guest. He's one of the very few people with not one, not two, but three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for recordings, for movies, and for television. He's a best-selling author. Absolutely. But wait, 
There's more. He's a best-selling author. He is one of Billboard's top 10 recording artists of all time. He has 38 top 10 hits. By the way, here's a little piece of history. Elvis once opened for him. <laughs> and, and this year marks, get this, his 70th year in show business. That's right, 70 years as a teenage idol. And to celebrate... He has released a fantastic new double album called Country Jubilee, featuring a few admirers like Crystal Gale, Ray Stevens, and the Gatlin Brothers. Please welcome the king of all show business, Mr. <laughs> Pat Boone. Thank you, sir. Pat, I'm, I'm so excited to have you. You and I have been to Israel together several yes, times. Yes, we have. You've been a dear friend to me for a long time. The thing I'm most impressed with, you came to the show tonight, despite the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, you broke a hip. Yes, I did. And, and you're still here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I, I could have stayed home and watched the show. Yes. But for the opportunity, I'm not, I'm not kidding about this, opportunity to be with you on this program and with the way you are changing things in America... I didn't want to miss it. If I had to come with a cane, which I came when it, I had when I came in here. But, uh, but yeah, I, it was like a little less than three weeks ago, and I was doing a gymnastic thing. I'm working out, and I broke a hip. Mm. And here I am, because I, I want to be with you. That's well, why. I cannot tell you how honored we are to have you. If anybody doesn't love Pat Boone, there's something bad wrong with them. I mean, as simple as that. How many people at your age decide to put out a brand new album? Not many. I'm 89. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I have recorded more songs than anybody, in any recording artist ever. Frank Sinatra did uh, 70, uh, 1,500, all classics, I yeah. think. Bing Crosby, some 2,000. I've recorded over 2,600 separate songs. Wow. But I, I've got to come out tonight. I think this is the perfect place for me to come out. People have odd ideas about who I am or what I am. But I am going to come out tonight and just come clean. I am a country hick. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually raised here in Nashville. Yes. I mean, if people think of you as a California guy, you're really a Nashville guy that ended up in California yeah. because of the music and the movies. Yeah, it was the backwards way. Yeah. But yeah, I, this is hometown for me. And I got to be on that, that special circle there at, at Opryland several times now with the Gatlin boys and others. And uh, and so this is home Homecoming, and the album I've done is a, a very unusual album that, that has been some almost 70 years in recording because I've been recording country songs my whole career. Sure. The one of my favorite songs, I'm the uh, son-in-law of Red Foley, who was a one of the great poet, legends great of country music. Hall of Fame. And, uh, and so I've been recording these songs, but people thought of me as either a, a, a teen idol from way back, a rock and roller, movie guy, TV, gospel, whatever. And people weren't thinking of me as what I really am, a, a country boy. Well, you know, I'm glad. You, and you're going to do some country boy stuff with us tonight. Yeah, yeah. The album is, is truly amazing, Pat. And, and one of the songs that you're going to do for us tonight is one that every Southerner will be able to not only relate to, but jump up and down and shout with glee. <laughs> the song is called Grits. Grits, just plain grits. And it came to me in a dream. This is the truth. 
I was dreaming I had a big country hit. And you know, I can tell I was a little chagrined over the years that I wasn't considered country. And in this dream, I was dreaming this, grits, grits, bestest food there is, country caviar, Tennessee foie gras, grits, grits, (laughs) bestest food there is, keep your fancy food, give me my grits. And I came out of the dream thinking, wait a minute, I think that's a hit song. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the literal truth. You, you may even introduce grits to people north of the Mason-Dixon who don't realize what they are missing. Oh, man, they got to get with the program. Yeah. Quite frankly, America needs a whole lot more oh. of Pat Boone and your ageless wisdom, your just optimism for our country and for the world. I know a lot of that is heart-based because yes. you've never hidden the fact of your own relationship with the Lord and how that is the centerpiece of who you are. One of the great blessings in my life is that when I first had a hit record, which was an R&B cover, mm-hmm. and then I did Ain't That a Shame and Little Richard's Bop, Bop, Luma, Bop, 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 Fruity, Fruity, and Rip It Up, all these things. When I first hit the, the screens and became known, it was already established I was married. I had four girls hmm. at 23. I should have been jailed, I guess, or... <laughs> <laughs> or neutered, maybe one or the other. And, and, but I had a family. I was a church-going guy. I didn't have to explain it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so that was always part of who I am. I hadn't, I didn't have to explain it. You know, I'm just glad that you were never a prisoner of fame. You've been a prisoner of the Lord and, quite frankly, one of the greatest influences in our entire American mm-hmm. culture. One-of-a-kind Pat Boone. This is the album right here, Country Jubilee. It's just amazing. It's a two-album set. You can also, of course, get it on DVD. You can download it any way that you get your music. I still kind of like the old vinyl. Yeah, me too. Pat's new album, Country Jubilee, available. Like I say, you can stream it, but vinyl, CD, however you want to crank up the music. A little later, Pat's going to be with us doing one of the songs from the album, that one we talked about, about Grits. A lot of other classic songs that you'll know and remember and love. We have the links to everything Pat Boone over at our website. Go to Huckabee.tv, and I hope that before this night is over, you have ordered the album, and you're going to be listening to some (laughs) of the great music of Country Jubilee and Pat Boone. Now, Pat and I are going to play music a little later, so stick around for that. But right now, we're going to stick it to Keith Bilbrey, who's going to tell us about next week's show. Well, sure thing, Gov. Next week, Barry and Derry and Amato kickstart the Christmas season with a musical number. And Kentucky Senator Rand Paul will be here. Don't go away. Andy Ann is just after the break. Welcome back, everybody. Everyone knows my next guest as Auntie Anne. 
founder of the famous pretzel chain. You know, when you walk through the airport of the mall and that magnificent aroma, well, she's the one that created it. She's also a sought-after speaker and best-selling author. You can learn her secrets of success in business in her book. It's called Overcome and Lead. But tonight, I'm wearing these gloves because she's sharing some secrets from her new cookbook called Come to the Table. It is filled with both recipes and stories from her childhood, cooking alongside her mom in Pennsylvania's Amish country. Here to show us how to make the perfect holiday pumpkin pie, please give a warm welcome to Auntie Ann Byler. <laughs> Ann, great to have you here. Thank you. What a pleasure. What a pleasure to be here with you. And do you know, I think this means we're going to make a pie. Let's do it. And now in the South, we'd call this a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin. That's good. We'll call it pumpkin. Pumpkin pie. I call it pumpkin custard. In the North, I realize Pennsylvania would probably be called pumpkin. Let's get after That's it. That's right. Well, we do you know, every pie is started with rolling out the dough. Of course. Yeah. And that's your job. Okay. Okay, so do you think that you might be able to do that? Absolutely. And while you're doing that, of course, okay. I'm going to critique, and I'll, I'll make sure you do it just right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but while you're doing that, then I'm going to mix the pumpkin All right. uh, pie. Put it out here. Yeah, we put lots of flour on here. Flour on my surface. Uh, Got to do that good. first. This is good. Yeah, flour. That's the first thing. Yeah, first thing so that you can roll the dough without it sticking Yep. To the just table. Like okay, so there you go. Like making okay, pizza. So, yeah, that's right. That's you know, one of the things I make well, is you homemade dumplings. Flatten it out. I don't know. You may not even need the rolling thing. I don't know. We'll oh, see. I can okay, do there you go. Um, wow. So, have you ever rolled a dough ever in your life? Yes, I do it all the time when I make chicken and dumplings. Okay. From scratch. Okay. And I learned well, how. Okay, you got to make sure it's from a nice retired and around. Marine named Hoyt Tidwell. Look at that. You're amazing. Okay, and while you're doing that, okay. I am going to mix the pumpkin pie recipe, which is in my cookbook. Okay. You start with three eggs, just the yellow part Let's of the start. eggs, and you put in the sugar. No yolk, huh? I'm just, just a yolk. Just You're yolking yolk. me. The yolk. No, I'm not yoking you. This is oh, what you okay. got to do if you're going to make it. The audience you know. still didn't get that. I don't know what's okay. wrong with this group. <laughs> I'm giving them some great comedy out here, and they're missing it. I think that everybody thinks I should be making a pretzel. I think so. I don't yeah, know. But anyway, pretzel pie. I don't know. This is um, okay. So we do the yolks, and we do the sugar. We do the pumpkin. We do the cinnamon and a little bit of salt. Okay, all of this is in the cookbook, this right? This is all in the cookbook, okay. and we do a little bit of vanilla, mm -hmm. and we do a little bit of flour. And we're going to have this recipe and, also on the website, Huckabee.tv, as well as the book. So well, yeah, That's correct. Okay. And so then we do this, and we mix it all up. I, there we go. Yeah, I feel like I'm in my kitchen at home, except you're not typically in you my kitchen. You usually have an audience in your kitchen? Uh, no, and you're never there with me, so I don't know. But, hey, I feel like I'm at home making my, making my pumpkin it's pie. It's obvious you've done this before, Ann. Oh, yes. Hey, listen, I... Pretty impressive. This is getting messy here. I don't know. If it's got a splash, splash it over there on tray. Okay, that's... So, okay. Are you, are you all right? I'm fine, oh, yeah. Good. You're good. I, okay. My wife tells me I'm not made out of sugar and moisture does not melt me. <laughs> I think that's rude on her part okay. to say that, but what can I do? Okay, it's so okay. we'll lay that down. Okay, so this pumpkin pie is what I learned uh, as a kid, and mm -hmm. this was part of the 1670 pies that I would make. Uh -huh. And it's a unique pumpkin pie because it's called a pumpkin custard pie. So Ooh. this is a special ingredient. You beat the 
egg whites. Okay. And you put that in very last. All right. And then you mix it into the pumpkin mix. Like you just There's stir it. Whisk. Like, oh, you, you have to put that in the pie. Oh, I got it. Yeah, you, you have to okay. finish your job there. You, you got to put the pie dough in the pie. Yeah. I wondered when that part yeah, was coming. That, that's that's it right there. Are you okay? And you mm -hmm. does it fit? Mm, pretty well? It's gonna yeah, work. stretch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. So now we're about ready. Are you ready for me? And then you pinch the pie as well, like around the. Oh, look at that! You have done this before. I can tell. So now, as you can see, I don't know if the audience can see how well you're doing. <laughs> and I don't know if the audience... I don't know they would believe how well I'm doing. I don't know if the audience can I'm see sure. the, the texture of this pumpkin pie. It's a, it's it, not just a pure pumpkin. It almost pumpkin. looks uh, like it's a froth of some it's, kind. It is. It, that's okay. why we call it pumpkin custard pie. So we're going to pour this into the... Like creamy. Yeah, it's, it's yummy. If you want to taste it, you can see it like that. You know, yeah. that's right. We won't need to do that in public. And like then we we're gonna we would put that in the oven. Yes. But you already made one for that's us. That's right. And, and this, this is the one that's going to be done. That's correct. But we've got to eat a piece of this, don't we? There, I have a piece. Of oh, we've out. already cut it and everything. We've already cut it. So, so, so now on the on. So now we sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on top okay. of this. Pumpkin pie. So y'all, how many of y'all eat pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving dinner? Of course, dinner? everyone, Everybody. right? Okay. Everyone. So we have this recipe in our book, and I'm telling you, I'm going to let you tell the audience well, how great that pie is. I'm going to take a bite and tell you that you can make this delicious pie for Thanksgiving. It's in her cookbook. That's you right. can get it, but you can also go to Huckabee.tv and at least get one of the recipes, this one. The cookbook is called Come to the Table, where you can also learn about Ann Byler's incredible story and her favorite recipes. She'll even sign the book for you, That's which right. sounds like an That's incredible right. Christmas present Absolutely. to me. What a great idea. Now, if Keith will just, he'll be drooling over there. He can tell us what's going on, but I'm eating I, pie. I need to know, is that good or what? Mm. Like, I oh, need yeah. to hear mm -hmm. amazing or like, it's okay. Honestly, or? I think the show's over. I'm just oh, gonna eat go. pie. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Up next, Dana Daniels brings his feathered friend Luigi to perform some magic. Then the legendary Pat Booms performs. That's still ahead on Huckabee. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. But on the eighth day, he created grits. Hey, grits, grits, bestest food there is, country caviar. Tennessee foie gras, hey, grits, grits, best of food there is. You can keep cuisine, give me my grit. Give me your grits. Oh, grits, 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 best of food there is. Who wants escargot? Not moi. The snails have got to go. Oh, hey, grits, grits, 
grits, grits. That's just food there it's You can trash them wiggly thing Give me my grits Hey, I'm so glad I grew up in the country In the country Mama cooked the best food that she could Bless her heart <laughs> Stuff like turnip greens, sweet corn and okra Listen to the guitar. What do you think, Trey? You know, I don't like grits. No. You don't like grits? Well, what do you like? Well, you know, I might like something from like Cracker Barrel or something like that. Cracker Barrel? What's so great about Cracker Barrel? Grits. 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 Bestest food there is. Uh-huh. I don't want that pate. What is that anyway? I don't know. Grits. Grits. Bestest food there is. Oh, really? You can keep that goo, I'm telling you. Give me my grits. Woo! I'm so glad I grew up in the country. In the country. My mama cooks the best food that she could. Bless her heart. Made stuff like black eyed peas, greens, and okra. What is that anyway? I don't know. Is that oyster stew? Do you eat at the zoo? No. You can keep that and give me my grits. Take that, Mantillus. <laughs> <laughs> 